0: Welcome back to another episode of... Explain it slowly. Why are you squeaky?
1: I'm squeaky because I'm very curious because you've been watching a lot of videos lately.
0: How do they relate? (laughs) Oh, no relation.
1: (laughs) It relates because we're on a podcast. Um, And yeah, you've been watching a lot of videos and I figured maybe you want to share what you've been learning about because they've all been on one common subject, right?
0: Yeah. As you all know, we're uh, expecting a child soon and um we're about two months away and it's one of those things where it, in pregnancy term it's called nesting you know it's like preparing the house you're cleaning up you're preparing the house for when the baby comes and I've been doing a little bit of that here and there and then I'm I started thinking about like well how do I want to set up the baby the baby's room right what
1: kind of twigs do you want to put around right
0: That's okay. <laughs> sure but
1: you're nesting right you're making yeah. a nest
0: yeah so there's some
1: lint in the laundry room
0: there's a lot of lint in the laundry (laughs) room meaning our garage so so yeah i've been like thinking of how to set up the baby's room when you know the baby's ready to be on its own and all that and and you know and, and how we can like help prepare and educate in general like educator or child when it's you know when it's time to like educate them and all that and i came across this uh this style of education or yeah style of education Mm -hmm. and it's not new it's been around since like the early 1900s right Mm -hmm. but and i i've heard of this a long time ago it's just now that you know we're expecting a baby i started looking more into it. suddenly relevant Yeah, suddenly it's relevant and looking more into it to see, like, how can I use this type of education and this type of setup to raise our kid? And it's called the Montessori Montessori education, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the idea of um, sort of, like, promoting individualism and, like... uh, I guess, independence and freedom of for the child to think on its own, to make choices on its own without much of the influence of the adult, right? Mm-hmm. So, letting them make decisions and everything that you do, every decision that the parent would make is taking the child's welfare into account. Mm-hmm. So, their development welfare anyway, right? So, you don't just blindly make a decision. You want to like choose the right types of, you know, toys or the right types of setup to promote their cognitive development, right? Because for a baby like from 0 to 3 years old, that's the the time frame where they learn and absorb the most. Mm-hmm. Right? Exponentially. Yeah. So, during that time frame is really important to have the right setup, the right environment to promote this type of freedom and like a a way for them to explore on their own in a safe environment right Mm -hmm. so i've been looking into that and i came across this youtube channel where this lady was pretty much teaching like little things that we don't often think about you know or i guess i guess parents do think about but i learned so much and i i guess we can share right perfect so so, it started off, it's called Montessori. It's named after a doctor named Maria Montessori. She's Italian. Mm-hmm. And she was an educator and she studies like the philosophy of education and like in child development and such. And in Italy and during the, and when she uh, one time visited like sort of like a, like a I think like an asylum mm-hmm. where she was absorbing observing like young children, and she noticed that a lot of these children aren't doing very well.
1: oh, well, they're in an asylum right <laughs> right, and the
0: fact that they're be they're not getting the proper you know environment, so then she took sort of like took these group of kids aside and sort of like put them in an experimental environment where Mm -hmm. she was like okay this is what i'm gonna try to see if it'll work or anything like that and the idea is that she realized that um a lot of time when it comes to an educational like setting like let's say for instance in a classroom right Mm -hmm. um often the teacher is standing in the front standing above the tra- the students or whatever, looking down on them, educating them, like instructing them more, a way of like telling them things to do. Yeah. Versus in a Montessori way of education is everything is sort of like at the child's level. Mm-hmm. So you would have like, you know, desks or chairs at the child's level. The child's never needing to look up at you. You're always down on your knees or you're, you know, on the floor looking at them eye to eye. That way it's more of like an equal ground type of Mm -hmm. thing. And they realize that when when children are able to access things in their environment that are at their level, they tend to be less frustrating and like more willing to explore, Mm -hmm. right? And so she did a lot of things like that and a lot of changes in a classroom setting like that. And in the end, like, it, the results show that, like, because the kids were in the proper environment, they do so much better, they're so much better at focusing, they're so much better at doing tests, and, like, just their results overall is just better than kids that aren't in a proper environment. So, so yeah, so since we're gonna have a baby coming, like, I want to know, like, how should I set up the baby's room from the get-go to see like to promote this type of learning right Mm -hmm.
1: because the younger you are that's like the most critical time yeah where you will absorb everything almost instantly and automatically uh so it's almost like a key opportunity to get ahead Mm -hmm. right if you do all the right things so it's, it's something worth like looking into at the very least right yeah
0: so one of the things that I've been thinking about... We haven't gotten any furniture at all. And it, we're, like, two months away. And, like, you know... Though so the
1: Target card is full of, like, yeah, what, I uh, have, parts one through four of the convertible crib that they don't sell altogether because yeah. capitalism, I guess? I have, I like,
0: <laughs> a, a a registry for, like, baby stuff. Like, ready because, because there's, like, so many things that it's consider and it's all marketing right trying to all of these companies trying to sell stuff it's like oh this is essentials. this is all important you need this you need this you need this but in the end it's like after watching these uh videos and such from this Montetor- montessori way of you know raising our kids like a lot of those things are necessary mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the things that they brought up in in their uh, videos was that um the idea of using a crib right so so for child safety it's recommended that like the first up to i say like um six months at least it's recommended that the baby sleeps with a parent inside in the same room not necessarily on the same bed because that could lead to like a parent rolling over, you know, mm-hmm. suffocation, things like that. But a child in its own crib or bassinet in the same room as a parent will be better for the child's survival, right? So up until like maybe six months old. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you can then switch your kid over to being its own bed if you're comfortable Before with Before they're
1: capable of really moving around on their own, Right, basically. you don't
0: want them to be on mm-hmm. their own. But around like six months, they'll probably start to be able to roller- roll roll. Depending on the development. Start right? I don't know if crawling starts at six months. But rolling, being able to flip back on its own. Pretty much things like that. And, the, I, and I've been looking into like getting a crib. But then I'm like, what kind of crib do I get? Because a lot of these cribs are like so tall and they're like bulky. And it's like you have to buy lots of parts. Because then they sell cribs that are like convertible. Where it's like you go from baby to like toddlers to like like I don't know like a a little size bed where it's like without all the rails and stuff and all of that can add up to money and such right and then like there's so many things I don't know what to do so then when I found this video they were talking about how like you don't when it comes to Montessori uh setup you don't want to put a baby in a crib because the idea is to promote freedom mm-hmm. right so you don't want the baby to be confined in a space where they feel like they can't escape and this is
1: after the six month period right yeah prior to six months you want them bundled up because that's more comforting that's
0: more comforting but this is like after six months and you want the baby to be in its own room what sort of how do you set up Mm -hmm. their room right they're starting
1: to explore the world on their own rather than just being there
0: right they're they're starting to be able to absorb things to be able to like pick up other sensories better Mm -hmm. right so getting a crib was not the right idea so they this the suggestive way is to just set up a plain piece of mattress on the floor and that way if a baby were to wake up in the middle of the night or whatever it has the chain a way of like if it happens to like roll off the bed it's okay because it's not that high off the ground it's like what like six inches but then it's mm-hmm. like normally it's a rug underneath so so the idea is that like if a baby were to roll off the mattress it's okay it's part of that freedom experiment right mm-hmm. like let them move around on their own in their room and if they happen to fall back asleep on the floor it's okay too because it you shouldn't need to like put them back in the crib because then that would like disturb their sleep and things like mm-hmm. that right so little tiny things that we don't often think about. We think, oh, for their safety, they need to be in the crib, confined until you get to them. Yeah. But it's, often it's that... It's a
1: convenience for the parents more than for the kid. Right. right? But of often
0: that could lead to like frustrations where they feel like they're being stuck and they're not able to leave, right? Mm-hmm. And then another thing that we're talking about is um, as baby get older... They start to like be able to like develop spatial arrest like spatial awareness awareness of their environment because up until a certain amount of months, they can only see about like twelve inches worth of visually mm-hmm. so then, like as they start to age a little bit more, they're able to see more of their environment. So by having them in a space where, um normally what you would do is you would have a mirror on the floor next to the bed. So as they're lying down looking at you know just staring into space or looking at themselves in the mirror, they'll start to learn to recognize
1: them in their own action.
0: Them in their own action, but also, like, even if they don't recognize that that's them in there, they recognize that there's something, that, like, another person is there, and that's also comforting. Mm-hmm. And by having also a mirror there, will allow them, so since the mirror will reflect the rest of the room, will allow them to absorb in that space, mm-hmm. right? So, and then they were were also talking about, like, setting up toys in the room. That way, if the baby happens to roll off in the middle of the night or wake up in the middle of the night on their own and wander around the room, there are little toys or things like that that they can get their hands on to. Because, like I said, there's a lot of development going on during those time frame. And so... You know, babies are very, like, they they start to develop mobile skills and, mm-hmm. like, the ability to grab onto things. And their fingertips are the most sensitive part of mm-hmm. them, right? And that's how they explore the world is through touching. Mm-hmm. And so by setting up toys that are ready, but you don't want to bombard them with, like, lots of toys, right? You want, like, one or two things just in this room, like, sort of like so the way they explained it is that you don't want to put let's say a to- you don't want to have like a toy treasure box let's say because then everything will go in there and it can be very it creates a very chaotic environment for them because in order to get to certain things you kind of like have to in a way dump everything out to ruffle through all the toys and then look for certain things and then that can be frustrating, you know, and it's very clustered, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is like they would do a um, and like. Have you ever seen uh, at like furniture store? They sell these cubicles. Mm-hmm. like these little section cubicle uh
1: you can put kind of like cloth shelves. baskets in them
0: yeah that are like sectioned up it's like usually 12 by 12 and there's like one by three cube or like two by six like two by three or like one by three so usually those are the best because then like one they're at the baby's crawling level right if they would explore and what you want to do is in each cube you want to put just one toy right and
1: that's the home for the toy
0: Yeah, and that's the space for that toy. And by doing this, you are getting rid of cluster. You are helping them define as in like, okay, things have a specific place where they belong. Everything's have their own like location. When I'm done, I can put it back in this location. Mm -hmm. When I want something, I know exactly where something is. So it helps reduce the clusterness and the frustration and needing to search and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and so like and normally when when you want to choose like toys, you want to choose something that's more natural or something that it's tactile. Like, right? Yeah, so something that has a lot of texture, something that has like. Uh, something that is safe, something that's natural. So a lot of Montessori toys tends to be made out of wood,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Really nice wood it, because they're durable and they last longer. They're not plastic. Not
1: toxic. And
0: they're not toxic. And it's rec- also recommended that like when you, when it comes to choosing toys, you want to choose toys that promote active playing. So what it means is you don't want sort of like a toy that is electronic, meaning like, pushing a bun will do something then the child will end up sort of like in a passive playing mode where it's like okay i push a bun and then i'm gonna just wait for something to happen something to entertain me mm-hmm. versus um you want a toy that like often uh make them need to do something to get it to do something like mm-hmm. to work right yeah so so like that could be like a set of blocks or that could be like um i don't know what sort of toys that do that like uh something that rattles right but -hmm. like you need to the baby or the child needs to physically do something to that toy to make it react to be fun yeah yeah and those types of toys are better at you know i guess motor skills and then like learning to like oh if i do something this is the result that i would get Mm
1: -hmm. and also the psychology of production and producing and creativity Mm -hmm. rather than consuming
0: yeah and and just just
1: passively letting someone else do the work for you for your brain yeah yeah
0: so i mean in the end like there's so much and then like also, when it comes to eating, like if a child's old enough to eat, like usually around like one year old, they're starting to be able to eat solid food. There's also like rules around that, you know, like often you don't want like you want to put them in, a, in an environment where they're comfortable. So like help teach them how to be independent so then that way they're not constantly depending on you to do something right so the idea like you
1: shouldn't be the one always feeding them
0: yeah so then what they suggest you can do is that like you can get uh a table and a chair that is at the child's size and height right so you don't necessarily want to get like a high chair because those types of high chair tends to lock the baby in or the child the toddler in and when they're being locked in, when they don't want to eat or when they're being fussy or whatever, they're kind of stuck, right? So the idea is you want to get a table and a chair that they can easily get in and out of on their mm-hmm. own. And it's okay that during those times where they're eating, it's okay if they leave, but they come back, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't want to confine them. And that's the whole idea of the Montessori is like you don't want to... Put yeah, them in a setting in where the they stick, don't. Want. Right, you
1: don't want to whack them for not doing the thing you want. You want them to learn to do the thing, like yeah. on their own.
0: Yeah. So then they suggest, like, instead of using plastic utensils, which tends to be really hard to deal with because a lot of the plastic utensils are like pretty blunt. Especially like the example they gave was like a fork, right? The fork, te- plastic fork, tends to be pretty blunt. Like, you and can't it's really- usually
1: not like the plastic forks that you get with to go. It's the plastic forks that are, like, super rounded. Like, no injury is possible with this thing. and
0: it's useless, right? Mm -hmm. So they suggest instead of doing that, just give them real utensils. Mm -hmm. Like, a metal utensils that they can (laughs) can actually stab with. You know, they're not going to really hurt themselves. Of course, a lot of, all of this eating time, you need supervision anyway. You're not going to let a one-year-old child sit there and eat on its own. You're always going to be sitting there supervising them. So it's best that, like, you give them something where they can actually use, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, uh, an actual metal fork is useful. Another idea is you can teach them to eat Um, Because babies start around that time, they they have already developed the grasping. They like to grab stuff, right? So to promote them eating on their own, what you can do is have two spoons. Because baby tends to want to grab onto whatever it's in front of them. So what they suggest you can do is you can take a spoon, scoop a little bit of food, and bring it to them they will naturally want to grab that spoon and while they're grabbing that spoon to put in their mouth you have a second spoon to sort of like alternate because once they have something in their spoon they're not gonna let that go so instead of like fighting that child for that spoon back so you can reload because they're not gonna know how to load
1: yeah they need to learn little by little so then what
0: you do is then you Take a set, a spare spoon, you scoop it up with food, and then you hand it to them. They'll like, automatically want to grab that. Mm-hmm. So then, like, that will make eating e- eating time easier. But also will teach them that, like, oh, they're actually eating on their own. You're not the one feeding it to them in their mouth. That kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And another thing they were talking about, like, when it comes to uh, paper, like, cups and stuff, instead of using plastic cups or sippy cups where you you maybe try using like glass actual glass but like baby size glass so like if they're starting off it's probably going to be the size of a shot glass you know something like tiny where Mm -hmm, they can grab grab, that they can grab and the idea is that you want something real so that they can like be more grounded they know what real things are and baby tends to throw things and so The idea of using a real glass or, you know, it could be costly and could be dangerous, but that's why you're there, right? But the idea of using real glass is that if they were to toss it and it breaks, then that in a way will teach them that there are consequences to their action you don't mm-hmm. want to yell at them because they don't understand why you're yelling right yeah but you want to like in a way put them in a situation where
1: they made a mistake and they realize it yeah is. things went crash <laughs>
0: exactly so then that way after several times they might learn that oh i don't throw this anymore mm-hmm. versus if you have a plastic so, don't cup. give
1: them your favorite chalk glasses buy a <laughs> buy a special set just for this
0: yeah, that versus if you were to have like a plastic cup or whatever, like if you would to chug it on the floor, it'll just spill, wouldn't do anything. So that isn't really like teaching them a lesson at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lot of these little things that like
1: you're handicapping their ability to learn by making your own life easy. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's the-
1: because, yeah, with a plastic fork, you don't have to pay as much attention because. They can't hurt themselves. Yeah, but then they're not learning how to use a utensil properly, and then mm-hmm. they're just getting frustrated and learning even less as a result. Or with the sippy cup that can't spill. Like yes, you don't have a mess to clean up after that, but they also don't learn the consequence of mm-hmm. like throwing a tantrum.
0: Yeah, so the there's a lot of these little things that like so the idea pretty much is you want to put the child in as close and as like in a real in a real environment as much as possible mm-hmm. real as in like however they would be as an adult however an adult behaves or however you would treat an adult you want to treat that child the same mm-hmm. right so You want to treat them with respect. You want to let them make their own decision. Even if you know that the decision they're going to make is going to lead to something horrible. Mm -hmm. You know, not death or anything. But, like, even if you know that it's (laughs) going to be something... You see seven
1: steps ahead. They they don't see those seven steps because they never experienced it. But once they experience it, then they'll remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, you don't want to, like constantly jumping in and preventing from them from making mistakes you want them to make the decision and if it leads to a mistake then yeah oh well they made a mistake but don't yell at them don't ever say like oh it's because you did this that this is why this happened because then that's just negative Mm -hmm. uh coming from you right you want to like put them in a situation where they'll understand Oh, okay. Because I did this. How can Maybe they do better ne- next how, time. Exactly. How can they do different next time? Things mm-hmm. like that. So there's a lot of these things, and I'm like, this is such a, you know, like this is the environment that I want to raise our kids in. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot of work, and I mean, it sounds like it's a lot of work. You constantly need to be there, you know, mm-hmm. and like you need to be sort of like a passive parent most of the time. But also, and by
1: passive parent, that means you're paying 100 of attention all the time, and you're working extra yeah. just for it. So, uh, it's it's a little it it feels like it's it's putting a lot more effort for the the illusion that you're not there. You're setting up
0: a foundation so that in the future, when they're older, they will develop the better habits, habits, these independence that they have. Mm -hmm. They'll learn to be more in touch with their feelings, how what they want, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's a lot of work and a lot of these, I don't know, like, yeah, (laughs) a headache coming. But (laughs) I think it's uh, it's what I would like to try, you know. Mm-hmm. especially like if there's been studies that have shown that like kids who grew up in an environment that is sort of like this are better in the for their future and are well prepared for their future then yeah
1: <laughs> so i i think you telling me about all this kind of like made me realize something um and i'm probably like overfitting uh here so what i'm about to say pro- has like no basis in anything it's just an observation uh but you know that netflix show where there's the little kids in japan they're just like doing an errand all on their own and they're like
0: you're sending your kid out to do an errand yeah yeah
1: except those kids are like five and you're kind of amazed that they'll actually be capable of doing this Uh when like a 10 year old here is totally useless yeah um or in general like you go to 10 and they're not only very capable they're making their own lunch they're going to school on their own through like a two-hour train ride like i'm exaggerating a little bit but fully capable functioning like human being Mm -hmm. at a very young age right a few observations one kids that are in japan they're sleeping on the floor they don't have a crib there's no bars (laughs) they probably are sleeping in the same room as their parents it's just there's futons on the floor yeah. Observation number one. Observation number two. Eating time. Well, what not for the floor table and the, <laughs> the, the 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 floor cushions, and you just eat on the floor. There's no high chair. There's no constraining device. They just got, got it figured out. Number three, they can use chopsticks at like one year old.
0: Seriously, I, I'm constantly <laughs> seeing like all of these uh, all of these YouTube channels of kids like in China. Like two years old, and they're using chopsticks like masters, man. Like a pro. Like a pro. Like, they know how to use those chopsticks. And, and, like, I see kids here in America and I'm they're, just, like... They're
1: there with their plastic fork not knowing how to use it. Yeah, and
0: I'm just, like, at two years old and they don't even know how to use a fork or a spoon. And I've seen so many times when we're out at restaurants where mm-hmm. you have, like, kids that are, like, five, six, seven years old stuck on a device watching a show while the parents are sitting there actively feeding them food into their mouths and the it's kid easy for the parents and the kid is just sitting there throwing a tantrum. I don't want to eat this while on a phone watching a show and the parents is like begging the kids to eat. And I'm just like, I, I get it. Like parenting is hard and you need to constantly. Be and no there. one trains
1: you to be a parent. You're and, just kind of like, oh, you're a parent now. And I get
0: it, I get it, like, parenting is gonna be hard, and, like, you don't have time to spend with your kid all the time, because you're working, and, you know, you're doing the best for your family, I get that, because I grew up in a very poor family as well, and my parents were never home, you know, like, I was on my own all the time, I get that, but it's like, the kid, if the kid can walk, if the kid can operate that stupid device that they're watching, then they can freaking pick up a fork and eat that dinner. And if they don't eat that dinner, then they're not getting dinner later on. Like, I, I don't understand, like, why are our parents, you know, like, giving in so much to these kids? Then like, they're like literally ruling the parents.
1: We should make TikToks for, for Chinese it. audience I of it. like American kids. Being force fed food while watching their device. That's the video. It'll it'll get like a million views.
0: They're going to think we're so (laughs) stupid and they already think we're Americans are stupid. But they didn't realize yet.
1: We can show them the truth.
0: (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I remember uh, when we were getting ready for our wedding like years ago. And your, your cousin came from France, right? And mm-hmm. they had a, a child. And she was like five years old at that point. And she was, you know, throwing a tantrum. She didn't want to eat dinner when everybody was eating dinner. And she wanted, uh, she didn't want to eat. She just wanted to play. So then the mom was like, really, so the mom was like, okay, you don't have dinner right now with us. There's not going to be food later. So then the rest of the night.
1: The kid said, okay.
0: The kid was like, okay, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to play. So then, like after everybody was finished with dinner, I'm hungry, and the kid was like, "I'm hungry." The mom was like, "Nope, there's no food. Look, you we made that up. decision." And and you're and I really like that she was really strict with the kid mm-hmm. because she then that would teach the kid. Of course, she's not going to let the kid starve. The kid end up having a yogurt or something later later on. But uh, it's just like she was really strict. She made a point. She was like, "You didn't eat dinner with all of us when we were eating dinner and it was dinner time, but you wanted to play, so now you can't just." have dinner when you want to have dinner you know and like she was good
1: mm-hmm. after know? two or three times of that you remember yeah like, like you don't have to be a full-grown adult to realize that that consequence had immediate consequences on you that decision had immediate yeah. consequences on your your happiness in that moment right yeah and your comfort
0: i don't know we'll see i mean i i'm i have all these strong opinions about like how kids are spoiled and that you know like, parents are just giving, or too easy and they're just giving in too easily. But, like, we'll see once our kid comes out and, like, how how easy we'll, we'll just, like, we'll just give up. And we're like, sure, I, whatever you want, I'm, I'm done at this point, you know. We'll throw in the towels, who knows. But, I don't know. I don't have an experience up to this point, but I'm just, like, seeing all these things and, like, all these kids are ruling the household, you know. So, maybe that's going to happen to us, but I hope not. Mm -hmm. i hope we're better than
1: that well we're already almost there we didn't buy any of the furniture yet yeah um we already eat on a floor table uh with with uh floor cushions um we already have a baby futon that you made for the cats i did just just because it was cute but it's it's baby sized
0: (laughs) no we're still gonna want to get like a proper mattress for the baby for its lifetime but and it's not like anything fancy. It's literally just a spring twin twin mattress.
1: <laughs> 20 years later they're going to college with their little their little futon mattress that they have for their lifetime. Their lifetime. They barely fit on it, but they can kind of get in there if they squish themselves.
0: Cuz my mommy said, "I have to use this my life whole life.
1: <laughs> this is my dowry that I'm giving to my future husband. <laughs> he too can share in this with me."
0: So, yeah. Montessori education. It's uh it's really interesting. It does sound like it's a lot of work, but it's also you know, the right thing to do, right? Mhm.
1: You're putting the work in now. Now, yeah. So that way you can concentrate on more interesting things later. Sure. Let's let's put it that way because okay. you're still going to work later uh years down the line, but at the very least you can concentrate on interesting things at that point rather than more mundane things like did you do your chores mm-hmm. i don't know maybe that's still a problem who knows we'll check back in 10 years on episode 200,000th of uh, explain it slowly <laughs> uh you'll hear about our uh evolving opinion on this topic
0: yeah well anyway thanks for listening to me blab <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks everyone bye bye